to the IRSD Spotlight Podcast. I'm Dave Mall. I will be joined by two guests on this episode. Indian River High School student Bryn Crandall, who recently captured her third consecutive state cross-country championship, and Sussex Central High School music teacher Phoebe Marvel, who marched in this year's Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade as a member of the band director's marching band. First up is Bryn Crandall, who on November 11th captured her third consecutive state cross-country championship and solidified her place among the most decorated athletes in Indian River High School history. She also became just the fifth girl in Delaware history to have the best time in the state championship meet for three consecutive years. Among her many career accolades, Bryn was named Delaware's Gatorade Cross-Country Player of the Year in 2021 and 2022, and she just happened to be state champion in the 3,200 meters in the spring outdoor track season last year. Away from the track, Bryn is a National Honor Society member and volunteers her time for various causes in the community. Here's my interview with Bryn, which was done via Zoom from the office of Indian River Athletic Director Todd Furman. Three consecutive cross-country state titles. What does that accomplishment mean to you? It's kind of crazy because, like, when I was a freshman, I just was kind of, like, just doing the sport to, like, stay in shape for swim. And, like, my go- like I never really thought about, like, being, like, top in the state. I was always just kind of thinking, like, oh, I want to break 20 by my senior year. And then I was doing it, like, my second meet. So it was, like, it's just kind of a surreal thing to just go from, like, hating running just doing it um just to stay like active to being like this elite level where I'm able to now like run in college that that was going to be one of my questions like when did you start running and about what point did you realize that you were really good at it <laughs> I like because I tried to start running a couple times like I was going to do track in seventh grade and then like I couldn't even run like a mile straight and then I kind of just like teetered off it didn't do it for a while and then I think it was like it was the summer right before eighth grade was when I like really got into like hey I want to be able to run so my dad would just like we'd go out do like a minute run minute walk um until I was able to just run straight then I would kind of do like easy miles like 10 minute pace with my mom like throughout like quarantine and everything and then I think my my dad always tells me this story where like he was running with me one time and I was like, hey, can you take me, like, to, like, a harder pace? And then I started, like, going faster. He was going faster. And then, like, I started passing him. And he's, like, that. he always tells me that's when he knew I was going to be good. But I don't think I really, like, understood, like, where I was until um, I raced, like, my first meet. And, like, Cape Gazette was, like, making a big deal about, like, phenom freshmen, like, just coming out doing, like, low 20s already. And then, so I guess, like, my freshman year was kind of where I was like, oh, like, I can make something of this. So, obviously, coming into this past season, you were the two-time defending champion. I'm assuming uh, winning a third title was one of your goals. How did you approach the season with that in mind? This summer was the first summer I really, like, tried to train through. I usually, like, in past summers, I would just kind of, like, do, like, swimming, like, off-season training. But this summer, I was, like, I wanted to get my mileage up, which I feel like helped me like insane. I built my mileage up to like 60 mile weeks. And then I was kind of um going off of the same, like once I got in season, I was going off of the same like logic I did during uh, track season. Cause I had raced really well in there where it was just like, 
you know, easy days, easy, hard days, hard. And then I was like, like my sophomore year, like the first time I won, which I felt like that season had a really good amount of success. I was going hard, like training wise, almost every single day. Whereas this year, I kind of just like, I was doing more easy miles this year and going like so much faster. So it was just kind of like balancing like the rest and recovery with the actual hard days. Now you won the state title by a pretty wide margin this year. Um, but in 2022, it was a pretty close, it was a pretty close yeah. race. But, so was this year's race, uh, I, I don't want to say less stressful, but was it? <laughs> it like it was and wasn't. I hadn't raced, uh, I think the girls that came in the next like three places after me, because their team's like really good. Like they ranked like, I think ninth or 10th at the Nike cross national race last weekend. So like they were at all these national races and, you know, I was just racing like more local ones. So like it was a little nerve wracking to like go up against them because I hadn't raced a lot of them since track season and they had some uh, transfers. So I hadn't ever raced some of them. So like that was a little nerve wracking. I was just trying to go into it with like, hey, like even if I don't win, I just want to try and get my best time on this course. Well, I, I think what was interesting was you improved in your three state titles. You improved your winning time every, every year. Was that a goal of yours or is that something that just happened? Not really. Um, it just kind of happened. I mean, my fresh, not my freshman year, my sophomore year, first time I ran, um, it was on like the same course as this year, but it was like raining, really bad conditions. And then last year it was on honestly an easier course than this year, but I was still like coming out of like an injury and just like recovery. But this year, like running like eighteen twenty on that was probably like the equivalent of like seventeen twenty, which was around my best. But no, I didn't really ever like look at that. Like that was the first time I actually just thought about it, and like they have gotten faster. Now, was it Brandywine Creek State Park? Now, is that I understand that can be a fairly challenging course? Where are the challenges that come with running at Brandywine? Well, the first mile is like it's either like net downhill or net like flat. There's different, like, approaches to doing the course. I usually tend to, like, I want to go out faster so then I create a deficit because in the second mile, like, you literally just, I think it's, like, quarter mile into it, you run, like, a straight uphill. It's called maintenance hill. And that usually is what makes everyone, like, throughout the course, you gain about a minute. And then after um, maintenance hill, you, like, go down a little bit and then run some more hills. Not as bad as the biggest one, but... Then the finish to the course is probably the worst because it's just like you go on a slow downhill, but then the finish is like a, probably a hundred meters just uphill. Wow. So it's like you're finishing the race trying to sprint, but then also like go uphill. Now you are just the fifth girl in the history of the state that's had the fastest time in either division for three straight years. What's that feel like to, to be in such a select group of, of cross country runners? I mean, it's just crazy, like, because like I said, like, eighth grade, I was never thinking about, like, oh, I was going to get to this point. But honestly, it's just an honor, because, like, looking at a lot of these girls that have, like, done that before, like, they went on to, like, run at, like, Villanova. Um, I want to say one of them went to, like, Florida State. Like, they went to, like, really good schools. And then um, I know the one girl, I think, I want to say Lydia Oliveri, she ran at Villanova and she like holds a school record there so it's like to know that like I have that potential possibly like in the future it's just incredible 
Yeah, it certainly is select company. Uh, the Coastal Point ran a great photo of you high-fiving your mother uh, after, oh, yeah. the, after the race. What was that moment like? Honestly, I don't remember because I was like so <laughs> tired right after the race. Like it's always a joke because like after the races, there will be like people that come around. It's just like the cameras like click, 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 click. <laughs> but you know, it was nice to like be able to finish the race and like my mom was right there. And then um, her cousin, he's also my cousin, came over. They were just like giving me high fives. It was just really nice to like have them there, just like congratulating me. Now you're uh, you're going to go down in history as one of the most uh, decorated athletes in the history of Indian River High School. What is what does that accomplishment mean to you? I mean, it's great. Like, I mean, downstate, I feel like we don't get as much recognition. So just to be able to like represent is like really nice. There's so many athletes down here that work so hard day in day out. Now I understand you've been running in some regional events since then in the last in the last few weeks. Can you talk a little bit about those? Well, I was going to just do the uh, Nike one because that's what I had done uh, my junior year, but this year it ended up it was like a week closer, and I kind of wanted to like extend my season as far as I could. Like I kind of wanted and like I because I go right into swim after this. I didn't want to like start um, swim like the Monday and Tuesday before break and then like break and then so I was like I kind of wanted to race that weekend like I had done the year before so the Nike regionals was on it was like the week right after states and then I did Foot Locker Thanksgiving weekend um so for those there is like where you can qualify for like the national competitions but you know I didn't want to fly all the way across the country take like a week off of school and just like I just kind of wanted to like just see where I stacked up at these races. And so it was really nice to be able to get, um, I was able to place top 10 at both of them. So it just shows me like when I go to college, like I'm going to have like kind of a competing chance. Now Nike was in North Carolina and, and Foot Locker was in Boston, right? Yeah. Okay. And so you, and those are runners from across the country competing in those. So you did, yeah, well, they were like regional races. Like it was, uh, I don't know the exact states, but I know like Delaware for some reason falls into the southeast for Nike and then the northeast for uh, the Foot Locker. So it was like runners from like around like the that region. Now, I saw I saw in one article that you said and you've mentioned it a couple of times that that swimming is actually your first love. Is that is that true as far as sports go? Actually, it was like last year, like when I was um, coming back from my injuries still, I actually had like I had a plan that I was going to run and swim in college um and I was just gonna go to like a lower division school just like do that that was until like the track season which kind of like recharged like my whole like love for running and everything but I actually came to realize that the state meet for swim last year I'm like yeah I'm not big on like the competing part of swim I more or less just like the practices so <laughs> it'll be nice though because I've talked with like where I'm going to run like at University of Delaware and like the coach is very for like I can still swim like on my off days and stuff so like I still like will like to do that and then obviously getting everything I can out of this last season. So you uh yeah just tell us about your future plans for next year you said already mentioned University of Delaware you're going to be running cross country and track up there or what are your what are your plans on that? Yeah um so I'm verbally committed now I haven't signed yet but we're just waiting on the paperwork but I'm planning on, I'll be running cross country. Um, so that'll be like 6K. And then I'll be doing my first like seasons of indoor track, which never done here because downstate, we don't really have many schools that have it. 
And so for that, I'll be doing, I think, like 3,000 meters and 5,000 meters. That's what I've discussed so far, at least. And then once I get to outdoor, um, I'll probably be doing the 5K and then 10K. So are you uh, excited to see how you stack up against uh, the college competition? I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on Yeah, that? I'm kind of just trying to go into it with, like, the same um, perspective I had uh, as a freshman going into high school. It's just like, oh, I just want to try and hit these times, do that. Like, not really look, look so much in, like, place because, um, you know, the places are going to fluctuate, but the times can always, like – stay the same and I already I already have a couple goals but there's also like some things like I don't know what a good 10k or 6k time really is yet so it's just learning like the new field yeah you're gonna find out pretty quickly then huh yeah (laughs) well Todd Furman is back there and Todd I just want to ask you a question um what are your what are your thoughts on this young lady and uh what she's what she's done during her her career at Indian River High School Uh, she's just been an amazing young lady she's her work ethic and just what she's accomplished is, is, is beyond reproach. I mean, every day, you know, she just, she has that goal to drive and desire to be successful. And it's proven every day that she comes to school and every day she goes out to practice. Well, she's certainly done the school proud. So Brent, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy. So, and uh, you know, thanks for, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, no problem. I want to thank Brent and Todd for taking time out of their busy schedules to speak with me. Now, let's have a short musical interlude to set the stage for our next guest. That's the National Band Directors Marching Band playing a movement of Aaron Copeland's Appalachian Spring at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York City on November 23rd. What you may not know is that among the band's more than 400 musicians was one of our own, Sussex Central High School music teacher, choral director, and assistant marching band director Phoebe Marvel. Phoebe played mellophone in the band, which was made up of music teachers from across the United States and even a few foreign countries. This is her second appearance with the band on a national stage. She was also a member when the band performed at the Tournament of Roses Parade in Pasadena, California on New Year's Day in 2022. She appeared on the IRSD Spotlight back then to tell us about the experience, and now she's back to fill us in on her performance at the Macy's Parade. Here's my recent conversation with Phoebe. So overall, how did this experience compare to the Rose Parade two years ago? Um, This was... I think so much more fun being the second time around for the group, having created the ensemble and and worked out some of the travel kinks and things like that. We had a lot more opportunity to work and negotiate and network with um, other musicians and, and programs around the world, because we certainly had some people from around the world. And we had time, you know, my family didn't come, but we had time, more time to spend with our families this time and enjoy the sights and the sounds and all that kind of stuff. And I, um, I was busy, uh, 
you know, doing some research and professional development and seeking out other performance opportunities and things like that in New York City. So it was, uh, I think, even cooler this time around. Well, I know, you know, the Rose Parade has always been known for the floats. That's their that's yeah. their claim to fame. But the Macy's Parade, it's the giant balloons that they uh, pull right down the street. Now, what was it like seeing those in person? Uh, in real life, it was wild because it's almost it's a claim of status. It's a claim to fame for the people who get to carry the balloons and be a balloon operator and things <laughs> like that. So in the staging area, we were right there next to everything. It was just on the street right next to us waiting to go. And there was a huge uproar in the band because we originally were supposed to be right after Snoopy in the lineup and they changed us and we ended up being behind the green giant float, which was still, you know, <laughs> memorable, but man, it would have been Snoopy. That would have been so cool. <laughs> so um, and it was, it, huh? they were even bigger in real life is all I can say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now, Refresh our memory. What exactly is the band directors marching band? So it is um, founded and organized by the um, the Sewell, uh, Michael D. Sewell Foundation um, out of Ohio. Um, and he was just an incredibly influential band director who touched the lives of students and families and parents and um, and really just sort of influenced music education incredibly so in his little sector of the world. And he made such an impact that when he passed, uh, his family and friends needed to carry on this legacy of of defining the importance of music education and and what it means beyond notes on a page and instruments in a student's hand. It's it's life situations. It's it's um, happiness. It's sharing joy with others. It's organizing in a group and being part of something bigger than yourself. And it's um, using your gift of music to help the community and volunteer and um, with this band directors marching band, as we have coined the term, we are really wishing to represent all levels of music education, not just high school marching band directors. There was everyone there from K through 12 educators to just pre-K, just private school, just anything representing the good that music educators do for their students and um, their communities just as people, not as musicians. The last time we spoke, the band had about, uh, I think it was about 270 members from, I think, every state in the U.S. and I think Mexico. Is the band still about that same size? Is that still is that still holding? No, we um, we increased quite a bit. We had at least 415 members this go around. Um, give or take, probably. We did still have some uh, directors from Mexico, but we also had, you know, I sat at the banquet, I sat at a table with someone who was currently teaching in um, Budapest. And um, she was an American musician, American citizen, but she had done some sort of foreign music program where she could go out. And there was people from teaching in Japan on military bases and things like that. So no, we grew uh, quite a bit in size and had to cut a lot of people out. We could not feasibly accept all the applications that made it their way to us. <laughs> now, were you still the only representative from Delaware? I think so. As far as I know, that was really cool. This time around, it was a neat mix of people who did it before. So I had old friends that I hadn't seen but marched with last time around. And then I got to meet some new folks and get to know them. And we all exchanged, 
you know, pleasantries about our programs and our states and our schools. And back on the bus, you can hear someone saying, well, you know, this is the culture in Kansas where I'm from. And like, this is how, this is our tradition that we do every year and blah, blah, blah. And so it was really neat to be able to share that about Delaware and Sussex County specifically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is, was this the first time the band had been in the Macy's Parade? Yeah, this is only the second year in its existence, or like the third year in its existence, second event. No, I mean, no other band exists like it, as far as we know, certainly not with the uh, rapport that we have. Yeah. <laughs> <National> yeah. <laughs> well, I remember seeing the, uh, you know, when I saw the picture from the Rose Parade, it looked like you guys were having a good time. So it sounds like mm -hmm. this was equally as fun. The band sounded great, by the way. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about how the week unfolded? Were you there like starting on Monday or how did that work? So I actually um, took the train from Wilmington up on Sunday. Um, we had our first rehearsal Sunday night check-in, as you can imagine, moving 400 plus people through a hotel in the busiest week of New York City uh, is a lot. So we had several hours of check-in and getting to meet with one another, collecting our things, get to our room. We had a night rehearsal in the ballroom where they just put chairs out and X's on the floor and we try our best to maneuver as if we were on a field or in the street or something like that. We had rehearsal every day until then until Thursday morning um with some free time more mostly on Wednesday afternoon mostly because we had to get to bed early for that 1 a.m call time that we had on Thursday morning but we were pretty much rehearsing the whole time with a few events like the Radio City Rockets or Top of the Rock at Rockefeller Center that were built into the trip that we would attend as a group 1 a.m. Now you have to tell me about that. You had to be down yeah. at 1 a.m.? So this was a cool experience for me as a as a music educator in the IRSD, as an assistant marching band director at Central, because now I know how to take a band to the Macy's Day Parade. I know the process and, and what it entails for real as far as navigating New York City. So at Herald Square, which is the shot on TV right in front of Macy's, there's, you know, there's cameras, there's crowds, there's announcers, everything is TV to the minute, to the second. And we have to be prepared and ready to turn the corner and get our 10 minutes to show what we've worked for a full year on, basically. Our time slot, our luck of the draw to rehearse that 10 minutes for the one time, one chance that we got was at about 3 a.m. Um, on Thursday morning. Some bands, some other groups had it the night before or whatever, but Ours was 3 a.m., so we had to, uh, we were not coming back to the hotel after that. So we had to put our belongings in a ballroom for storage so that we we were missing checkout time, get breakfast, get on our eight coach buses, and um, make our way to warm up at one in the morning. At, at, I guess it was about two o'clock in the morning. Um, make sure that we're awake and not groggy and... <laughs> shaking windows in New York City so that we could get that um, practice in to make it count. So this was, the, so you had at 3 a.m., let me make sure I understand this, at 3 a.m. Yeah. you got to rehearse for 10 minutes at the actual place, you know, where the TV cameras are in front of Macy's. Yes. And that was yep. your one shot to do sort of like a dress rehearsal. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's a, that's a major, that's a major investment there doing that. <laughs> yeah. And you're putting in all this work for just literal seconds of time. And that was one of those things that really hit me about that. And I'm used to this kind of thing. I'm used to live performance. I'm used to spending my year preparing something for a few moments of time. But um, this one really kind of 
just made me stop and look up in awe and consider the impact of what we were really getting accomplished there. Uh, what other activities did you participate in while you were there? I have a an acquaintance who runs a choral group in New York City called Choral Chameleon, and he happened to have a performance um, that he was directing on Sunday night. So I skipped my dinner time slot and I went to watch his choral performance, which was amazing. And then, of course, I'm networking with other musicians while I'm there doing that. We got to see the Radio City Rockettes, which uh, we actually at Sussex Central, we took our students to see last year. And that was a really fun experience for them, too. And the Rockettes um, also perform in the parade every year. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> we uh, kind of get to be part of this legendary <laughs> set list, I guess yeah, you would call yeah. it. Um, the Top of the Rock was cool. We had um banquet. We had our, our Thanksgiving banquet was actually Tuesday night at the hotel so that we could go to bed early on Wednesday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then go our separate ways on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Do you uh do you have any any favorite memory from the experience? I think that day was just such a cool whirlwind Thanksgiving day being up. I set my alarm for 12 a.m. and got out at one. And I pretty much cataloged on my um, my Facebook story. I cataloged the timeline of us moving from rehearsal space. And I think the coolest part about that was um, when we were getting ready to go to our 3 a.m. rehearsal. We were still warming up on just a random closed street of New York City. And so the people that are there near the Herald Square are looking out their windows at 2 o'clock, 2.30 in the morning, watching 400 brass and wind players just like knock their socks off as yeah. we warm up <laughs> and play these amazing tunes just for them for free because they yeah. get to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> How long was a parade route, by the way? That was actually kind of a tricky spot because it in the Rose Parade, the TV spot is right at the beginning. So you're fresh and you're ready to go. In this parade, you're at the very end. Once you hit the TV, you're done. I think it was two, two and a half miles, which is not very long, but you're just kind of, you're stuck in the line that you're stuck in. And if the road happens to have all the potholes right in front of you, that's where you're walking. <laughs> you don't have a choice. <laughs> um, so will there be any more performances by the band in the future? Have you heard any rumblings or any info about that? They actually invited us back to the Rose Parade um, in 2025, which remains to be seen if I will rejoin them again um, now that I have a young daughter at home. But we did, we made a huge impact by performing our memorial performance at the 9-11 uh, site and being just as large as we were and seeing all the college bands or watching all the college bands who got to see us and see their former teachers and all that kind of stuff. So I expect that there will be even bigger performances coming our way in the future, especially with such a large platform yeah. as the Macy's Parade. Yeah. Well, hopefully you'll get to participate. Phoebe, and thank yeah, you. For, uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. I know it's it's such an it's such a a really cool opportunity to do the Rose Parade one, and then to come back and yeah. do Macy's. That's not a lot. A lot of people get to do that. So yeah, and this this group has music has taken me a lot of places, and this group is one of them. And I'm really really grateful for that. And that's all we're trying to do as music educators. Well, so thank you very much. Thanks for taking the time to tell us about it. A couple of important notes before we wrap up this episode. There will be no school for students or staff on Thursday, December 21st due to the State of Delaware special election for the vacant 37th District State Representative seat. Schools will now be closed for Christmas break from December 21st through January 1st. 
classes will resume on Tuesday, January 2nd. The Indian River School District would like to wish everyone a safe and happy holiday season. IRSD Spotlight is produced by the Indian River School District. Episodes can be accessed through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and several other podcast platforms and mobile apps. Episodes and bonus content can also be accessed by visiting irsd.net and clicking on the podcast button on the homepage. To search for episodes on Facebook, use the hashtags IRSD Podcast and IRSD Spotlight. Friday Night Lights theme, courtesy of Snuffy Walden and Arrival Records Scion Music Group 2010. Everyday Glory, courtesy of Rush and Atlantic Records Anthem Entertainment 1993. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with more great news and information from the Indian River School District. Try,